Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger. Today we're chatting with my new friend, Eli Skinner. Uh, Eli is a realtor and does real estate investing. I know we've had a lot of real estate investing episodes recently. must just be the theme, but I know a lot of you are looking for more passive ways to make money and Eli presented an incredible one, literally where you can make mailbox money. Um, And so listen to this episode because he'll tell you about a really cool way to be able to invest in his what he's doing with real estate deals and literally get like an eight to 12% return on your money. But um, we talked about all the different ways to make money with real estate or some several one of them. But then especially like with um, when you own rentals and stuff like cash flow, appreciation, depreciation, and debt pay down of how real estate can you know, if you're looking at like an 8% return, it may actually be 16 to 20% when you include all the other benefits of those other ways um, that real estate is beneficial. Um, in this instance, though, he's talking about private lending and how you can make what he calls mailbox money, which is really, really cool. So if you're looking for a really, really passive way to uh, invest and get income coming into you every single month uh, and only have work you have to do is deposit those checks, then listen to this episode. But um, Eli is a great guy. Um, he's actually referred to me by Jonathan Bricker, who's a good friend of mine. Jonathan's been in, uh, I think on twice now on this show, but Jonathan Bricker is a good friend of mine, um, strong believer, and Eli is too. So uh, I highly recommend checking Eli out. If you got some extra cash laying around that you want to invest, uh, Eli's a great guy to uh, put some money in, in into what he's doing and earn a nice passive return. Get some of that mailbox money. Here's my interview with Eli. Awesome. Eli, welcome to Streams of Income. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here, Ryan. Awesome. So you are a good friend of my friend, Jonathan Bricker, who's been on once or twice now. Oh, wow. Um, he's, yeah. he's a famous guy then. <laughs> he is. He's very famous with my audience. <laughs> so, but um, tell me your story. I love, I mean, again, I was telling you before we recorded it, there's just so much value in somebody's story. Uh, we'll probably pull things out and go a direction that we never even imagined, but <laughs> I want to hear, yeah. hear, hear what you're doing and how you got to where you are. You got it. So, um, start off, grew up out in Plainfield, Indiana on an apple orchard. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Spent all the way through middle school, kind of helping run that, working my way up from sweeping the floor to wow. sorting apples to filling jugs with apple cider to whatever. Yeah. Uh, kinda, Was that your parents' neat. business or somebody else's business? That would have been family business. So, my grandpa is the, you know, the one that had started that and wow. was doing that. Um, is it still going? No. no. Once I was once I was in somewhere in middle school, I think uh, he didn't have any kids that wanted to take over, mm. and so it was just kind of like, wow, went, it way, which was which was totally fine with everybody, obviously. So that, yeah. that worked out. But went from there and graduated high school. Went to Ozark Christian College. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ as the awesome. Savior of the world, and uh, so so I kind of around. My senior year of high school, uh-huh. I actually picked up a guitar for the first time okay. and went down in the basement. And the story I tell is two hours later, I came up able to play. No way. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was absolutely a gift. And my dad's a professional musician, but I wasn't into it like a lot of kids. Yeah. I, my dad's into, I'm not into. Okay. And um, honest, this is a, actually a pretty weird, uh, shows you how boondocks I was. I thought golf and guitars were only done by people on TV. Mm. I didn't know anybody. Well, at least I didn't know that I knew anybody. I didn't know anybody that played golf. I didn't know anybody that played a guitar. Wow. My dad played piano. I uh-huh. thought that like trombone were like the instruments you could play. I didn't know <laughs> guitars and golf were things normal people did. <laughs> so anyway, but that's, uh, you know, so that changed the trajectory of my post- high school world wow. and went into the youth ministry with emphasis in music and mm-hmm. uh, graduated uh, with a two-year certificate. You know, I, mm-hmm. I always joke that I crammed four years into t- uh, yep. two years into four, sorry, right. I crammed <laughs> two years into four years because <laughs> yeah, I met my wife along the way, Yeah, um, got married at 20 years old. Oh my gosh. 
did get out of there, got one of the, you know, greatest jobs I could have asked for at the time, which was a full-time youth ministry worship leader. There's only a few of those. Mm, was that in Indiana or, or Missouri? That one fortunately was in, uh, that job was here in Greenwood mm. where I, I kind of live on the South side of Indy now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, one of the few kind of openings in the country I got here in Greenwood at Mount Pleasant Christian church. Wow. And then from there moved to another church for 10 years as their music director. And then another church as kind of a little bit more of a business role, helping them get their legal and financial world in order oh, as yeah. a startup. Yeah. And, um, wow. along the way had, had my wife is now, let's see, we're not, not, I almost sound like I was going to tell how old she was. Um, <laughs> I wasn't do that. No, my wife of 21 years, 21 and a half years, and three kids, 15, wow. 14, 11, and uh, the favorite of the family, our Doberman Pinscher named Kai. <laughs> um, and uh, so anyway, that's that's kind of a real quick synopsis. Yeah. But what, what's real interesting and what I think, you know, you and I are connecting on today mm-hmm. um, started in 2010, I was working at a church, and mm-hmm. and I had bought my f- my first uh, rental house. Basically, mm-hmm. I, I was in a house. 2008, 9, 10. So five, 2005, I bought a house. 2010, I wake up scared like the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about business. I don't know anything about houses. I just was freaked out. And mm-hmm. I mean, I have people around me much smarter than me, but I'm at that point in time pretty young, and I'm in, I'm an idiot, and I'm like. <laughs> I, I, we need to sell our house and this is the whole world's coming to an end and mm. it wasn't even impacting me. I still had my yeah. job. I could easily yeah. afford my low payment because, uh, you know, following God's and grandma's rules of money, as Dave Ramsey says. Uh-huh. Um, but I was freaked out. Well, then, you know, a week later, realized maybe we should think about this the other way. Maybe mm. instead of selling our house and freaking out and following the way everybody else is going. Mm-hmm. How about we put our house for rent and go buy another one? I mm. went from considering short selling my house, yeah. wrecking some credit, do, just <laughs> stupid stuff. Cause I didn't yeah. need to, I mean, if you need to do it, you need to do it. But I went from that side all the way yeah. across to being a owner of multiple houses. Mm. You know what I mean? And that yeah. started my, career my hobby of real estate investing yeah which then le- leads into a whole how'd you even get in did you later. do you remember a time or a moment where you got interested in real estate uh no no, no. i have zero interest in real estate um <laughs> I, I think it became a passion like it was yeah. you know it's something i i didn't even back to guitar and golf i had no idea that that was something to do Okay. Like I knew the concept of a real estate agent, right? We had had a real estate agent help us when we built our Beezer house for $106,000 until right. five. Yeah. And they were awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't think that that was some, I mean, it, no, it never crossed my mind, but for whatever reason, uh, probably influences some smarter people. I mean, that's typically mm-hmm. how my brain ends up getting influenced, <laughs> with, you know, decisions right. made, but I was like, let's sell, let's put our house for rent. Mm and buy the next one mm. again we had spent eight years saving up ten thousand dollars because we didn't make much money working at church right. and right. I mean, again we're talking 13 years ago yeah. so i was making i don't know twenty five thousand dollars a year maybe and my mm-hmm. wife was working some job for ten dollars an hour i would imagine and mm-hmm. and um we saved 150 dollars a month for our car fund well yep. we spent the car fund on a house mm-hmm and that then and that was like that was really good and then after a year of living there we put it into rental and did it again wow so you just and jumped around you your residence kept moving around but you you turned what you were living in into a rental yeah we lived six different places in three years wow and a small potatoes there's some massive investors out there but this was me getting my feet wet and getting started and through that i loved it i actually loved it so much this is the continuation of the story sorry you asked me first no it's all good this is great Uh, (laughs) the uh the continuation of that is in 2013 so three years later we had probably touched eight houses some we lived in some Mm -hmm. we were fortunate to not have to Mm -hmm. um we were like you know we lived one place and flipped another house or something well I had this weird, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, 
me or the Holy Spirit or what, but I, I felt like I was chasing money mm-hmm. and I was no longer at peace. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, I actually sold everything. So mm-hmm. I had I had lack of peace. I had fear because I all I had known was 2008, 9, 10, and right. the world crashing down, everybody losing all the equity they did have. And I'm sitting here looking at this pile of six houses or whatever we had at the exact yeah. time going, I I mean, I feel like I've hit the lottery, right? I'm not, I'm pulling my chips off the table, mm-hmm. right? It's just 13. And so yeah. I did. Mm. Pulled my chips off the table. And I think there was goods and bads to that. Um, but but for me, it was, I felt like I had a spiritual, like, I feel like I'm chasing money. Certainly wasn't at peace. I was afraid of losing the chips I had. Yeah. Pulled them off the table, you know, hindsight 10 years later we missed like a million dollars of profit but we try not to <laughs> count that number very often right. um, but that was what happened in 2013 fast yeah. forward still working church this whole time yeah. and 2016 i stopped the 10 year long church at community church of greenwood moved mm-hmm. to this smaller church for a year and a half when that's done so we're in 2018 the spring of 2018 five years ago five and a half years ago that's when I felt I knew that job was going to end. My role there was done. Mm-hmm. It was evident that I will, and I didn't want to work at church anymore. That's all I knew. Yeah. I sat in my yeah. quiet time chair, praying, thinking, reading, mm-hmm. and the words came to my head again. Whether it was my creativity or the Holy Spirit, or a little bit of both, mm-hmm. it was. I'm, I'm asking the question: How am I built? Mm. Like, what am I good for? Like, uh, as far yeah. as to the world or my purpose or how we all know what our per- well we don't all but i feel like i know what my generalized purpose is yeah you know, loving god loving people bringing sure. glory all that stuff but my specific purpose like the eli skinner part yes. of who god created me to be mm. was to walk with specific people in a specific season for a specific reason mm. that was in a moment after weeks of sitting there with nothing, that's what came to my head. Yeah. And then the question became, okay, well now what is that? What does that then materialize into? And yeah. I thought maybe that's real estate. And I ran it by some brighter, smarter, more spiritually uh, <laughs> competent folks than I. And they, they agreed, they agreed with me. They said, yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're, I think you're on the right, I think you're on the right path. That doesn't sound off the wall to me i right. said okay great so that job ended beautifully we and uh-huh. you know everything went well and i continued to help and do music for them for six months even out in my absence as a paid guy mm-hmm. um, they gave me a little bit of a stipend you know as i left for doing that and stayed yeah. on to help them transition but started the real estate agent you know what everybody thinks of the realtor right the real sure. estate agent yeah, and then so you had to go to go take a class and take a test and all that, right? You do. What's funny is I had taken mine. See, this is the way my brain goes. 2010, once I realized I learned enough about real estate to realize my agent was getting paid really well, and I've, <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you later, but I've apologized what? since. <laughs> I, um, I took my license. I got my license right then in 2010. Oh, wow. I'm a jumper, not a stumper. That's for sure. Mm. I jumped in, took night classes, three nights a week, long classes. Back then it was only like 60 hours or something. Now it's 90, but, um, and I loved every minute of it. I love learning. I love nonfiction. I love that sort of stuff. Mm. So it was mm-hmm. perfect for me. Um, anyway, got my, so I could get a referral fee, right? So now whenever my friends wanted to buy a house, I could send them to this guy Yes. And this guy would pay me because I'm licensed, legally allowed to accept compensation for a real estate transaction yes. through a broker. I could get paid a thousand dollars when my friends bought a house. That's awesome. And I could get a little cheaper stuff when I was doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, hindsight. And when I got into the game, I, I apologized to my guy because man, we ran around the house. We ran around looking at houses in 2010. I could go to 30 bank owned houses and nobody was there. Never fought. I mean, this was a totally different world than it is now. Yeah. And he wasn't getting paid much. I mean, these are, I was buying $50,000 houses. The dude was making 1500 bucks for driving me around town for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Making offers. And I'm sitting here taking 25% of his paycheck because I went and got some stupid license. <laughs> That's why I apologize. To him. Like, okay. I didn't realize how hard this really is. Yeah. Until I got into it myself and I realized yeah. what 
would have looked like and felt like and mm. we're good and he never even thought twice about it but sure. i saw him at steak and shake one time and i had bro <laughs> i've got to stop my heart is telling me i was gonna say i apologize i understand what i did to you now i was ignorant <laughs> yeah so anyway 2018 started this real estate brokerage thing partnered up with a really great guy named raymond modulin the modulin group um he's mm. a mentor of mine and a good friend mm. um and boy, we hit it off. Uh, I always yeah. say Raymond's half grizzly bear, half teddy bear. And for some reason, because <laughs> we work so well together, yeah. the grizzly may show up, but I ignore it. And yeah. I, I always see the teddy bear. And man, mm. we are just, we are, we really work well together. Mm. But connected with him for the, oh, it was, it would have been um, a year and a half because I already had mm -hmm. a little bit of time under my belt. And then I opened my own brokerage. Okay. And one thing has just generally led to another. And now we're deep into real estate investing yeah. and, and private money lending, private money borrowing, and about every type of creative finance you can imagine. And we teach it, train it. Oh my love gosh. It. That's what I'm doing every day. That's so awesome. Man, I wish Steven was on here because he's a, a <laughs> he literally, um, I'll have him call, contact you privately. You guys can have a conversation. You'll love him. But he's always thinking creatively, especially with real estate. Yeah. And so, for example, he had, um, he, you mentioned the word mentor. He's had a lot mm -hmm. of mentors. He's an older guy. Some of them have passed now, but they would get together every day, every morning at McDonald's, these older guys and Steven and whoever had a problem, a real estate problem, they knew yep. that these guys were at McDonald's every morning, I think at 7 a.m. Wow. And they would just go there and Steven got to learn. Steven's 10 years younger than me. I'm 48. He's 38. So, um, for many years, he would go and just listen to these guys pour into these folks and come up with some crazy strategies of yeah. they, how they could fix this person's problem. And it was, uh, Stephen could give you all the details, but, but it was really, really, really creative stuff. So that's, that's fun to hear. <laughs> that is exciting. I mean, that's, I'm right between you guys. I'm 41, I think. It's hard to remember once you get this old. I know. But, but, <laughs> The uh, I, I love it. That's that's um, I was just at a lunch appointment with my real estate team, the brokerage side. And uh -huh. I mean, just by nature, we're doing the same thing, right? We're sitting here like, yeah. here's the issue. How do we solve it? And we're just back and forth, back and forth. I, I love being that problem solver. And yes. uh, that's cool. That's a good that's a really good idea to give back to the people around you that are yes. learning. You know, I'm mean, making a me making a penny off of it just connections and helping other people because Absolutely. I've certainly been helped. Yeah. You become the go-to guy for the people that have problems and you can think yeah. because he's also ran into folks that would be like, Oh, you, well, especially when we get into ministry stuff, cause he's his heart. And I'm sorry, I, I know we're taking a detour here, but it will come back mm -hmm. around. His heart is to use his unique real estate knowledge um, with deal structuring to help the kingdom. And so like, he's been talking to like his church and talking, like there are churches, like there's one here locally that they own a decent portion of the strip mall that they're in. And they also okay. own a building in the same parking lot. You, you know, for you, that's not crazy or unique. Um, right. but to some churches that you've been in the church world, you know, to the church world, that's like, Whoa, wait, we can do that. That's, that is crazy and unique and outside of the box. And so he wants to take that knowledge and help help other churches earn income in other ways than just being dependent on tithes and offerings. Sure. So I need to definitely Love connect it. you too. <laughs> that's fun, man. That's that's it. That's where we. I think that's where this conversation launched when we talked on the phone. Yes. Um, we got connected. Was this passive income, private lending? And I was talking about mailbox money and yes. some sort of stuff. So yeah, let's get into that because like, yeah. I know that, so um, I'm going to hear like, so you have the, you have a full service. Like if I was in Indianapolis area and I wanted to buy a house, I can come to you for that. Right. You got it. Yes, sir. But I know that that, and so that's obviously if there's anybody in the area, want to, we'll need a realtor, you know, find Eli, I'll, I'll put yeah, your, make sure I have your information and I'll put in the show notes if anybody wants oh, to great. connect with you. But yeah. the real reason we're talking is, um, I want to hear about the, the way, because we, on this show, we talk about different streams of income. We talk about some things that are super active, like an Amazon business that you're, you know, your work, like, you know, Jonathan does that and it's very, very active. Um, yep. I know there's a lot of people that are looking for more passive type of things. And you told me on the phone that you've not found anything that's more passive than this. So um, let's, 
break that down. Tell me about the opportunity yeah. that you have and what, and you know, how other people can do what you're doing. And also you actually have an opportunity if somebody wants to invest mm-hmm. where they can earn some, like you said, mailbox money. Yeah. I love it. I always think about when it looks, this is all in the real estate is the only industry that I know at this point. Mm-hmm. I may have thoughts on other ones, but they're probably based in ignorance because I don't, I just don't know it. This is the, this is what I know. And I've been through a lot of it, right? I went from being a homeowner mm-hmm. and there's, you know, a, a passive income that's occurring there. It's not cash flow, but it's other, these other things to then being a landlord, right. Yep. And an investment, and you know this could go on forever, but I'm going to take you through the path. One is, you know, in investment real estate is great because you have the four these four quadrants. You've got yep. making money four ways, right? Cash flow. This is rents over expenses, cash flow, and then you've got appreciation. That is just the natural yep. ebb and flow of the market, where you're going up three or five percent a year on average over time. Then you've got depreciation. So you're writing off a certain amount of your capital expense over mm-hmm. 33 and a half years. Yeah. If that's 10 grand, well, that might be 2000 saved taxes on money mm-hmm. you never really spent. So now that's that's a certain percentage of income back in your pocket. Yep. Uh, then you've got debt pay down, assuming you have debt on the house. Yeah. You know, in that cash flow piece, we also were paying down some debt. So we've got to put that in a separate quadrant. You, and you might have paid down 200 a month in your in your mortgage. Mm-hmm. While you did all this, now we've made money four different ways. What looks to most people as a cash flow of an eight percent return on a rental, cash over expense or mm-hmm. rent over expenses, is really sixteen to twenty percent because you mm-hmm. look at all four quadrants right holistically. Yes, but then you find out real quick. Everybody's like, "Oh, I'd love to be," you know, they'd love to own real estate, be a landlord because passive income. And I'm like, "Baloney! Have you ever managed a <laughs> rental? <laughs> right. It is anything but passive." And right. it may be more passive than showing up nine to five at a job. Yeah. But it's it's not passive. Um, and, you know, so then you're talking about flips. Well, those can be passive if, if you want ish, right? You, you buy it and then you send a contractor in to fix it. Then you sell it at the end. You can be as involved or not involved as you want to be, but it's still mm-hmm. not passive. Right. And you know, business ownership. I don't care how big mm. a business you own. If you, if you just are completely MIA, it's not going to work. Right. And so you're still doing five hours a day as an 80 year old owning a massive multi-billion dollar business. It's not mm. passive. Yeah. There is something going on here. Yeah. The passive, you know, we talk, I talk about uh, today money, tomorrow money and forever money. Mm. And those are, those are, the definitions are pretty simple, but it's some days you want today money. This is a guy flipping a house. He wants today money. I'm going to a bunch of money right now. Move on. I'll never see another penny from that investment. It's done. Yes. Tomorrow money, maybe, um, maybe being private money, a lender that's tomorrow money. Like it's not forever, but it's for an extended period of time. It's going yep. to pay you back short term, a year, long term, 30 years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Then you've got forever money, and that's property ownership. This is when I can I basically, until I call it quits, it's mine, and I'll be making money. And yeah. so we all like you need to balance that as business owners, and we've yeah. got to have all three. Um, but the only one that's really passive, in my opinion, is this private money lending. So mm-hmm. I kind of started doing it myself, lending out to other people mm-hmm. before I started borrowing privately. Okay, because. I wanted to f- understand it. I wanted to screw up my own deals, right? I, I always tell people, I'll fix my faucet. I am not fixing yours. Yes. If I flood my own house, <laughs> I can live with that. Yeah. I can't live with flooding your house. Right, right. So, so I that's what I did. I started yeah. I started uh, lending it out uh and had you know, have my had my attorney draft notes and mortgages, make mm. sure I was protected right Mm -hmm. and then that so now we still use those for the other people too so yeah i'm started loaning money Uh and i realized that i am literally sitting at home watching you know the favorite netflix show right with my wife and scanning checks into my chase app wow because you're i'm getting paid and i'm literally not doing anything i just I mean, there was a moment in time where I I wired money to the title company, sure. you know, 
<laughs> but that's like the extent of it. Exactly. And the money just comes in, mm. you know? Um, what are those types of deals? Um, like what you're, you were investing probably in friends deals. So like what, what, what were they doing with the money? Were they buying, flipping and giving you money back or what were those, what, some of those We, we started really creative um, in the retail space. Lenders control what you can and can't do with money. It's mm -hmm. the golden rule of real estate is whoever has the gold makes the rules. Yep. And the lenders, the Chase Bank, you know, uh, Fairway, Independent Mortgage Corporation, Ruoff, whoever that you're talking about, they make the rules. And yeah. there's a lot of rules about what money you can use and and seasoning for two months. And there's a lot of rules. Well, there's people that show up at closing and they don't have the seasoned funds. They can't use this money. They may, yeah. you know, where'd you get the money? They don't have a paper trail. They want it yeah. at a poker game. And it's like, well you can't use that money towards the purchase of a house because mm. it's all about protecting against uh, 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 money laundering. So everything has right. to go through a financial institution and have paper trails. Well, we figured out a way that is 100% follows the letter of the law to mm. help these retail buyers come up with cash that they needed to finish buying the house when they were in a bad situation, right? Got it. They showed up $5,000 short capital to buy that house and they there's the rules are just horrible they don't have any this is, this, so this would be when you say retail buyer this would be like a, a person who's an investor is buying a rental property could be or it okay. could be a guy buying a house that he's going to live in oh, okay just anybody they're showing up they're short this is just one way we did it short five thousand bucks so no big numbers right away and we the rule of thumb you'll hear and if you have real estate agents watching or lenders they're going to go yeah and then I'm going to say, oh, sorry, you that's not the whole story. But mm. you can't borrow money for down payment. You okay. can get gift funds from a family member. Okay. And that's about every, all that anybody knows about. You mm. can't borrow money. You can't see. I couldn't call you and say, hey, Ryan, will you throw me five grand, man? I need to buy my house. They're mm. not going to let my family and yeah. they're not going to let me get a loan to do that. Okay. But what people don't follow is I can't get an unsecured loan oh, so i can't yeah. just take your money as buddies and then i'm going to pay you back or yeah. even as a gift because you're not family but if i need money from you you go eli do you have a car that you own free and clear <laughs> eli do you own something of value that legitimately we could loan against and your lender would then be okay with it. And the wow. answer is yes. So oh, wow. now I'm, and now, you know, I flip it around. I'm the lender now. So Ryan wants $5,000. I say, Ryan, you've got a car. Yeah, I got this great car. It's probably worth 15 grand. I don't own anything on it. Perfect. Title loan. Bam. $5,000. And then once you close on the house, you know, you've got the money in the bank. You just weren't allowed to use it. Remember? Yeah. That's the whole point. It's not seasoned. It doesn't have a paper trail, whatever. And then, so title loan on the car, that's a completely valid note. The bank goes, okay, great. That makes sense why this new 5,000 just showed up in your bank account, Ryan. Yeah. And then, you know, then you give me five and a half after you close. Wow. So, so you, you literally are only out that money for a few days, right? <laughs> yep. That's called transactional lending. It's oh huge in the, in the investment space. Wow. I, in that creative craziness of my brain i'm trying to figure out some other ways to to do that well that's easy right that's five thousand bucks yes and so then it gets bigger then you got somebody that wants to do a a, re, a remodel on a house mm -hmm. and they already own the house yep and then i'm going to put it do a note and mortgage and loan them 50 grand to flip it and i'm making you know 10 percent rate of return while they're doing that yep and you know it that's that's where that's where it got to be more normal right that's when yeah. i when i kind of solidified the ability to do the small stuff then yes. we went to the bigger stuff and yeah. that was really great right you're sitting here making 10 percent on a on a on a sixty thousand dollar loan that's six grand a year that's 500 a month in mailbox money doing right nothing. yes that's, that's awesome and you feel it and it's not going to go down like a stock, it's not going to go up. I'm not watching a screen. I'm literally mm -hmm. just sitting there cashing the check. So loved it myself. I like to be active, but that was a fun 
experience and then mm-hmm. then slowly flipped it and we still alone. I mean, we've got quite a bit out right now um, to different people on um, gap loans for payroll, like a contractor that's doing a huge job. Um, and he needs $80,000 to pay his guys while he's waiting for his $250,000 draw. Wow. He's got to do work. So you know it's coming. That's not very risky, is it? It 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 it, it it's iffy. It can be. Okay. Okay. Um, I'd say that is on the riskier side. Okay. Um, you can do some stuff that we're not going to get into to try to make it less risky. Okay. But you got UCC one lanes and different things that you can do, and you can still do some mortgages on property because most of these guys are going to be independently owned. And you can. Hey, let me ask you. I want to. I want to. You can just say yes or no to this right now. Yeah. I'm curious. It sounds like you are a deep well of information on this whole topic. Um, are you teaching anybody this? Like, do you have like, do you, you have a desire and you can tell me if you want to talk about this later privately, but like sure. books, courses, a membership community talking about this very thing, because I can imagine that you could just go on and on forever and go get really deep in the weeds on this. And there are yep. people that will be like zone out, but then there are people like my friend, Steven, who'd be like eating this up like crazy. Yep. Yep. So we, I don't, not nothing formally. I, okay. I love to talk. Definitely okay. meetups, right? Local meetups, Zoom yeah. meetups. That's something we can definitely talk about because I, I do think it's for the people that are interested, it's great. Um, yeah. But that's how it started. You know, okay. wow. it just started. And then um, so so now we're going the other way where we're now borrowing private money. And this is kind of one of the ways we initially get connected, right? Is I'm yeah. just kind of, if you're selling widgets, you got to constantly be talking about widgets. So you have people to buy it. And I'm always talking real estate. And everybody loves to talk real estate. Mm-hmm. And I bump into this guy or that guy, and I'm like, hey, I don't know. Would you or anybody you know just have money sitting around 20, 50, 100 million just laying in chase? Mm-hmm. And if I could put it to work with security and, and I mean, you feel good about it, would you at all be interested? Of course yeah. they would, right? Yeah. And that's what I love to bring to the table now. We've got awesome. I mean, million dollars of private money right now from the last 30 days that we deploy these guys are making between eight and 12 percent on mortgage backed non-fluctuating guaranteed money wow. uh, on uh, backed against the real estate that we have bought we're renting it we're flipping it we're whatever mm. so yeah mm. give me an example of an example deal like so if somebody gives you fifty thousand dollars how long is that out do they um do they keep they start getting mailbox money pretty soon after that and can they keep that going forever or do you do they get a a, a payoff at some end when you sell the house or i know the deals might be different each deal might be different but what's a, a normal one look like yeah every deal is different every investor is different there's i'll give you a a pretty standard one I've worked with one gentleman multiple times. Every time I give his money back, he's like, ah, when are we doing this again? Like, that was perfect, you know? <laughs> so he's probably loaned, you know, out in, out in, out in a million, a million and a half over a year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now he's, he's put his money to work like at that level. So uh, the, the deal he's currently in is not a massive one. It's, I mean, it's big. And I mean, I feel like very American saying not a big one. When I say the number, it's sure. a big one. Yeah. $175,000 uh-huh. is what he loaned. Yeah. Uh, on a on a house I was going to buy and then rehab. Okay. So he loaned 175. I'm covering a lot of it too, like the repair and stuff. I've, so mm-hmm. I've got skin in the game. I don't always. Um, mm-hmm. Some people will loan 100% because they want more money out. They want a little higher interest rate, right? Risk and interest rate do this together. Or mm-hmm. I guess do this together. Interest rate goes up when risk goes up. <laughs> right. right. That sort of thing. So, um, the so he loans one hundred seventy five thousand bucks. We buy mm-hmm. the house. He's got title insurance as a lender. He, I've got it on as the as the mortgagee clause on my insurance. I mean, he is fully protected. Yeah. Um, and if I don't pay, he for, there's a standard operating procedure for foreclosure. Gets sold to the sheriff's sale, and he gets paid. He's the only lender nice. on the deal. He yeah. is comfortable. Um, and you know, I'm buying it well. I'm not an idiot. I'm not overpaying for a house. So he's upside sure. down. So he loans me 175. We come to terms. One of the terms, uh, at least on this particular deal, is 10% return annualized. So that's 10% APR. So yep. you know it's like 0.85% a month, if you want to think that way. I don't know mm-hmm. how every listener is going to think, but they're making 10% on their money for the time I have it. And 
I have to balloon him out in a year. So I have to pay him back in a year. Got it. But okay. he knows my exit strategy. He knows it's really going to be like four months for the flip mm. and sale. So in this scenario, I guaranteed him at least three months of payments. Got because it. okay, call it your open your wallet fee. Like for the guy to have the conversation, open his wallet, wire the money to title, just to in, in any way, just be annoyed by the prospect of this is worth something. Yes. Okay. And in theory, without that guarantee, some people do it on points up front or paid at the end, which is a percentage of the loan balance, right? If I okay. paid one point to open your wallet, that'd be 1% of the loan balance. So okay. sometimes we do points, sometimes we do guaranteed minimum monthly payments. Like I'm going to pay you at least three months of payments. Right. So happy, right? They don't want, they don't want to loan 175 and I pay, and then I sell it two days later and they get paid back and they made four cents on all that headache. <laughs> so we try to protect them again. I did it first myself and I put these mm -hmm. provisions in place for myself. And so now I know how to bring to the table a valuable uh, loan opportunity to them. So points will do it, um, guaranteed interest, and then sometimes early repayment penalties if it's a long one. Okay. Um, another example of a deal is uh, a guy loaned 213000 against a house we bought at retail price. So mm -hmm. I had to bring some money. Mm -hmm. We already had a tenant lined up who wants to purchase the house in the future. So it's a lease yep. option. Lease with the yep. option of purchase. Mm -hmm. um, they have to put down option money. And so anyway, I'm low cash out of pocket. Um, but he's got a $213,000 loan against this property. First mm -hmm. mortgage. Yep. Insure, title insurance. Insured with hazard insurance, just like normal. Yeah, it's house is worth you know two forty, and he's in for two thirteen. So he's yep. feeling good that way. Sure. Um, and then he's making eight percent, mm -hmm. and this is a five and a half year loan up to mm -hmm. five. So okay. longer term, locked in rate, less risk. Yeah, uh, more benefit. He's the it, it fits his style. Like there's a lot of factors here. Cause there's different types of lenders. You know, you got sharks, you got whales, whales want no headache, big money. Don't call me just make it easy. <laughs> right. They got other things. They're running a big company. They don't yeah. want to talk to me about money in money out, money in money out. Sign right. lots of yeah. So this guy's a little bit closer to whale mode. He's okay. got $2 million laying around that he can mm -hmm. access. Mm -hmm. And so he, he's he's just like, yeah, man, a gear locked in 8% for five and a half years. I'm good. Yeah. And I said, but here's the thing. If I'd pay you off early, because he's a lot of these investors are new. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to give them questions they should be asking. And I said, hey, here's the deal, though. If I pay you off early, that whole thing about having a locked in 8% for five and a half years that was so enticing just went away. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to offer you an early repayment penalty. If I okay. pay you off the first year, I'm going to owe you 2% of the balance. Okay. So I pay you an extra four grand just to say, I'm sorry, I paid you off early. Yeah. And then that de-escalates as we get deeper into the loan to where eventually at four years, I got, I can pay him off for no penalty, okay. but he's gotten, he's gotten what he paid for. Right. So that's another example. Those are pretty simple, that's easy awesome. to do, man, just. And they, they just sit at home and collect. These guys are running businesses, uh -huh. you know, um, or they're sold a business. Yes. They've got real estate of their own, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, they've got stocks. They've got people that manage their money. Yeah. Um, they, these, are the, these are the mid to big guys. They've, they've mm -hmm. got stuff going on or they had stuff going on. Now they don't. Okay. They're diversifying into a super secure thing. Like I've got yeah. credentials. I've got experience. Mm -hmm. I've got good cash flow in my business. Like I'm not going anywhere. They're yeah. comfortable. I've got ref references at this point, you know, mm -hmm. and they're diversifying into this specific strategy as one. They're not putting all their eggs in this basket. Right. They're definitely going, that sounds really. Yeah. So, you're, it's, so it's one investor per deal, essentially what you're doing. Typically um, yeah. I can structure them with multiple for sure, yeah. but it becomes more of a joint venture, which. Okay. I've got everything we need for that. And yeah. I do those all day. But, you know, if you had two investors, you might create one, you would do a JV or mm -hmm. create an entity that they're then going to loan out of. Got and it. 
there's ways to accomplish that um, yeah. without being a complete mess. But Okay, cool. You'll right be interested now, in, um, on Monday, we're talking to a lady for my podcast who runs, um, Stephen has a self-directed IRA. And mm-hmm. so he knows there's a bunch of guys that have self-directed IRAs that have money just sitting there doing nothing for them. Yes. And so we're talking to her, like, is there any way to essentially, and you may already know the answer to this, like, oh. can you like, um, could we somehow create, um, this would just be a, a side question for her. Like he said that they have like monthly meetups where this company that she works for hosts um, their and their clients to give them opportunity. I don't know if it's to give them opportunities to meet people or investment opportunity. I'm not sure what it is, but um, he was thinking like, could there be a marketplace essentially to where if I had a self-directed IRA, I could like look at that and see, Ooh, that's a cool opportunity. Eli Skinner has a, a house he's wanting investment money for. And like, could, you know, could you match up these people who have self-directed IRAs and not doing anything with the money with people mm-hmm. like you who need that money and could put it to work for them. So, um, uh, the answer is absolutely. I have okay. one. I, okay. I loan out of it. I buy houses out of it. I okay. rent houses out of it and arbitrage them to other okay. renters. Okay. I mean, I've done a lot of things with mine. I love it. I'm always going, they'd be like, oh, I got a bunch of money in my 401k. I'm like, next time you get a chance and your company does a thing where you can now pull it out, get it out, get into a self-directed IRA so you can invest in the things you want to invest in mm. that may be different than just a mutual fund. Yes. Um, because those self-directed IRAs, they can be, they're not exactly, at least the one I'm a part of is very difficult to, not okay. difficult, Robert, it's not as clean as a TD Ameritrade for okay. you know, uh, buying stocks and stuff. It's okay. a little more funky normally, uh-huh. and, but man, loaning money is a breeze. Mm. Out of the, buying mm. property is a breeze. There's borrowing money can be a little bit of a headache, but okay. loaning out of them, Gosh, you're making eight to twelve percent tax free now. Yeah, that wow. is gold. Yeah. So, do you know in your mind, and this may be a question for off off the podcast because it's going a little bit deeper. But quite like with the company you're with, like, do you ever get? Do they ever tell you opportunities like that? Like, could you ever see a scenario where they emailed all of their clients, including you, and say, "Hey, here's a here's a list of investment opportunities and you're like included your company is included on that to where then if I'm also a fellow client, I could look at that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's interesting. I know I've got 500,000 sitting here doing nothing. I'll give Eli a hundred of it. Yep. So the company I'm with, with, I don't, I haven't seen that email. I also may not have signed up for that email. So okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what they're really doing. They, they do send out stuff all the time to talk about what you can be doing and okay how to learn about what you could be doing. And there's a lot of people that don't know the depths of, sure. you know, what they can do. Um, okay. But, but to access to capital is huge. You know, you have guys yeah. that have stocks that are down, they're scared to sell them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, you can get in and out of this deal in six months. Like while your sure. stock's down, you can buy back in unless it skyrockets over the next six months. But right now you're just sitting in this waiting mode, waiting for the economy to kind of do this with your stock market price. Mm. And maybe we can get in and out of a deal or two with that same money. So, and then you come back, buy back in at your dinky $3 a share and hope, and then wait for it to go up to eight bucks yeah. or whatever it is. Okay. So access to capital, IRAs, or self-directed IRAs are gold. And okay. if you're, I use one called Equity Trust Company. Uh-huh. Um, super common one. I feel like I see that more than I see any other one. Okay. I'm not sure I've seen another one for a long time in any of our deals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a common one and th- that's a great access to capital. And then, um, then, you know, stocks, then liquid cash. And then what other is then lines of credit? Those are the four places uh-huh. I see people drawing from. So if the audience is going, well, where do I get my money? You've probably likely got money somewhere. You just have yeah. to figure it out. Right. Okay. You, you own your pro, your primary residence. You know, you have three hundred thousand dollars equity. Well, that's mm-hmm. a bank account. It's just really hard to access the funds. So we right. will help you conceptually. You know, go through the go get a line of credit from your your you know your credit union, and mm-hmm. that's at three percent interest. And then we're gonna deploy it at ten. Now you're taking a spread yes. of seven. Somebody else's money. Exactly. 
Yes. Is that still possible now with the interest rates? Yeah, it is. Um, not, it, you know, you're going to get introductory rates still really good on like a line of credit, for instance, like that mortgage backed line of credit, like a HELOC on my uh-huh. line of credit. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, then once the introductory rate goes away, it's going to jump sky high. Okay. Uh, so that's when you're going to have to find better deals, higher interest rates to still do it. Okay. But the great news is if you can do a deal during your introductory rate, awesome. How long does that introductory rate usually last? It used to be a year okay. on most of them. Now okay. it's about it's six months. Uh, okay. I've been seeing. And they'll give it you- It sounds you know, like some of the projects you just described would fit into that. Like that dude that gave you 213,000, that was a three month. You could you were, no, the first first guy, 175, you were, you could have paid him off in three months. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had that same gentleman, actually. He did one with me and we- accidentally turned his money around in like 14 days and he had a guarantee <laughs> he had a he had a guarantee of three he had a guarantee of three months payments <laughs> i was like whoops but yeah. it, it, i i was winning that's why right. we did it right and so it's okay he's allowed to win too <laughs> absolutely that's awesome um, and he didn't when- even let his money leave the title company on that one because we already had another deal lined up wow and he said yeah just let the title company hang on to it for the 10 days while yeah. you close next house or whatever that's wild um what real quick question thinking through about the um the advantages of owning real estate you mentioned the cash flow appreciation depreciation and debt pay down is there any is is the least passive or the the most passive way to do that with having like a property management company run your properties or is there any other is it is there basically two paths like you be the landlord versus having a property management company run that yeah, as far as I'm aware, there's two. Okay. I, you know, you do it, you or you. Well, there's, I guess, there's three. There's the you do it. This is mm-hmm. re- you're act personally actively involved. Yep. There's the this other equal and opposite, which is you try to stay out of it as much as possible and have a management company do it. Okay. Which, man, that's you ask me who to use as a management company. I've got one um, that I think is mm-hmm. doing really well right now. Not for me, but for my yeah. clients that look, are looking for one. Yep. That's really tough. That's a, and you may find yourself very active, sadly, and paying mm-hmm. them a bunch of money. Just yeah. they're not all created equal. But that's sure. that's the side. Theoretically, they kind of take the weight off. And then there's the middle ground, and business owners uh, who are used to building teams can figure this out and are doing what I do, which is I've got my own people hired, mm. and I have to train them. I'm still involved somewhere between the Eli's doing it all and the Eli's yep. doing none of it with management Got company. It. But gosh, I'm, I would be spending $4,000 a month in property management. And I'm instead I'm spending 600 or 800. Oh, that's that awesome. Instead. Okay. And that's not even going, that's local stuff. I mean, I could probably yeah. go. And then you get all the benefits, all those four quadrants of benefits. Yeah. You get bigger ver- like your cash flow is the one that doesn't take the hit. Now that cash flow quadrant, is is righted because you know average is going to be 10 to 15 percent all in Beautiful. and you know those people that use management are going to go oh that's actually way too high like yeah by the time okay. they do leasing fees yeah by the time they pick, take eight to ten percent on the monthly rent received mm-hmm. releasing fees and they mark up their um their repair bills mm-hmm. you're, you're i mean i don't care if you're if they're quoting you eight percent of your rent rates per month Mm-hmm. By the time they charge you a month to put somebody in it, I mean that's that blows that eight percent out of the water real yeah. fast. Yeah. Okay. So they, it really you're looking more like ten to fifteen percent on the on the that makes sense, that, which kills your cash flow right. and it limits deals you can do. Okay. Um, Eli, how do people find you? Because uh, obviously this is going to spark the interest of some that would like, hey, I want to learn more. I want to invest with you. What's the best way for them to reach out? The absolute best way is is email let's just head down that path sure um if you're looking for real estate brokerage stuff you need an agent to find to help you find a house sell a house you're an investor looking for deals we will help get you in and out of them very safely and very effectively can you help anybody uh, even if they're not in indiana uh if you're not in indiana then we can find you someone so we're all over the country so we can i'll find you somebody that's qualified that will do it so you're not just guessing at who sure. you should pick. But okay. email me at Eli, that's easy, E-L-I at simplifyre.com. Like make real estate easy, simplifyre.com. I love it. 
you go to that website, that's going to be the brokerage website for Fathom Realty. They have built for us. It's really a lead capture thing. So don't go there looking for me. That's that's yeah. nothing. But okay. you'll see me all over. If you go to Facebook and type Eli Skinner Realtor, right? You're gonna not going to be hard to find. Okay. That's that. But it, when it comes down to investing, creative finance, um, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a house to sell me because, you, you know, mm-hmm. you just, I just need out of this thing and you're in Louisiana. No problem. Send mm. it to us. Wow. Uh, and that is going to be, this is the new email address. This one is modern, R-E-I-G, at gmail.com. Modern as in not, not old school. Modern, R-E-I-G, at gmail.com. And that's the email we use to communicate about that side of things. Got it. Awesome. 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 Man, this has been a wealth of knowledge. I feel like we could talk forever and go deeper. And I think Steven needs to be on in another episode where we can talk a little bit, sure. you know, go into some of these strategies, some of the creative stuff. Um, yeah, it gets, it gets deep for sure. The key is, I mean, for the listeners, I mean, as we talked about just this passive income creation, yeah, just knowing that this is a thing yeah. and it is scary. Um, like anything, you've got to do your own due diligence. Sure. But we're going to, I'm going to help you figure out your personality, um, your risk tolerance. Do you want to be involved or do you want to be like, Eli, just spend my money and cover the paperwork. And it's, you know, we, we, it's all catered. We're all friends. We, we figure this out together. It's just not the scary beast that most people think it is. It's big to start. Like it's, it was hard for me to get going. Yeah. expensive for me to get going with attorneys and all that but now mm. it is smooth sailing and I'm, I'm hoping people you know I'm always talking about it but I'm hoping people even from your world will show up yes. and say hey I've got some money to deploy let's chat that's awesome love it well thanks for being on with me man I appreciate it very much my pleasure this is fun bye bye everyone see you next week